The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. Route 66 is one of those incredible roads that has captured the imagination of drivers for years. Millions of drivers. There's songs about Route 66. You know, we all know, get your kicks on Route 66. It recently captured the imagination of a runner wanting to run the entire length of Route 66 across the state of Missouri. That's 324 miles. In doing so, he set a new fastest known time of that route. Four days 15 hours, 47 minutes on foot across the state of Missouri on Route 66. John Cash was that runner, and he's on the Adventure Jogger. Welcome, John. Hey, Ryan. How are you doing? It's quite an intro. It was it was a fun trip, for sure. <laughs> well, let's, let's get to that for a minute. But first, before we get to your amazing adventure on Route 66... John, give us kind of your your running story. How did you discover this strange, weird, awesome sport of ultra running? Yeah, um, you know, I came late to running. I did not do much of it in school. I participated in sports um, in my early years, team sports mainly, and uh, didn't like running, even though I was kind of good at it. Um, but, it but when I turned 35, I believe, mm-hmm. maybe 11 years ago, I wanted to get in shape and, and, and get, uh, trained up for, um, triathlon is what I was doing a lot of cycling. So I thought, well, you know, running is part of that. So, um, so I came out of a kind of weird way, a little bit older, uh, in my years. So you're not uh, alone yeah, in that though. Really? I mean, John, seriously, that is so many people have that story of, I hated running. I, I right. couldn't stand it. And then, yep. you know, it's that mid thirties. And I, I don't know about, <laughs> about you, but with me, John, when you get to your mid thirties and that's when I started really running and, and getting into ultra running at that time as well, yeah. you, you kind of coast through your twenties, you know, you're, <laughs> you're, you're, you, you know, cause you were athletic in your teens doing whatever. Right. And you can eat whatever when you're a teenager and <laughs> right. you know, and you, you go through your twenties thinking you're this immortal, unstoppable being. And uh, yeah. And then the thirties hit John, yeah. you know, it, and it's <laughs> the thirties yeah. are a cold reality check. And then midway through my thirties, I'm like, Oh my God, I, I can't even go up a, a flight of stairs without getting winded. Something has to give. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was, it was very similar for me where I, I signed up for a triathlon and borrowed my mm. brother's bike. And I really liked the running part of it way more than I liked the swimming, which was miserable. And, yeah. the, and the bike I was no, no, no good at. But, but yeah, that, the 30s, man, boy, yeah. hits you right in the face. There's something magical about that. I, I know a lot of my runner friends have started later in life, so I guess there's something to that. But so, yeah, yeah, that's kind of how I got into it. Okay, ultras. At some point, did you make your your way through the running um, stages of, you know, you did that that Ironman or that triathlon, and then you mm-hmm. kind of do a half marathon, marathon. When did you discover ultras? Uh, you know, I kind of skipped a lot of the other stuff. I, I had, I did the Ironman and I think I did maybe two 5Ks and one half marathon and then just started running ultras. I got out into the woods and did a lot of trail running with friends. And really once that happened, I it did, I, you know, I didn't look back. It was kind of just the thing. So I came back around maybe six or seven years later to run my first road marathon. So it was kind of a funny story. I had run 24 hour races and you know, I think maybe, no, I hadn't run Vol State yet, but I had run pretty far um, before I came back around and maybe trying a, a marathon. So. <laughs> that's, that's funny when you think about it, John, you know, you, you do all these ultras, right? And, yeah. uh, and then you're lining up at the marathon, your first yeah. marathon. There's a lot of first marathoners there, but you had covered the distance and then some. Yeah, I wasn't too worried about the distance, but there's certainly a lot of hurt in a marathon. There's those; those are very painful. So I, I knew what was coming. Was it one and done for you, John? Um, 
<clears throat> no, I, I did. I've done three of them. So I've done two more <laughs> since then. <laughs> Just a fool, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, no, I enjoy the marathon too. I, I enjoy all kinds of running, whether it's trail or open roads or adventures or 24 hour races, timed events on short loops. Um, I, I like all kinds of running, treadmill races, whatever. <laughs> I'm pretty much down for anything. <laughs> you're not, you're not choosy. You know, you'll, you'll take whatever you can get when it comes to the, right. to the running That's world, exactly John. Right. Um, Vol State is one of those races, you know, Jeff Stafford's on the podcast quite a bit, and, and he talks about his adventure at Vol State. How many years ago did you run Vol State? Um, I did it in 2016 crude, and then I did it screwed an attempt in 2018. Okay. And I dropped out. Uh, Greg and I, Greg Armstrong, I know, I think you guys know him. Mm -hmm. He and I were uh, trying to chase the solo record, so... It didn't work out for either of us that, that year. Since then, he's completely obliterated the record, but, you know, <laughs> he's a monster. So, um, but yeah, I've, so I've done it one and a half times, I guess, technically, but I've completed it one time. But what's great about that, John, is, you know, you, you get into this thing late, right? And to And yeah. to be in a position where you're even confident enough to shoot for such a stout record that is Vol State. And if you're listening right now and you're going, what is this Vol State thing? It's a 500K across the state of Tennessee in the middle of summer. I mean, it is it is road miles, hard, long road miles in the beating sun and just horrible humidity. So you saw some success in these very short number of years. You progressed to be a pretty damn good runner in a very short amount of time. Uh, yeah, I just, I think just like anything, it's just a lot of preparation and training and discipline and stubbornness, you know, all the things to be a, a, a decent at ultras, uh, nothing special. I don't think it's just a lot of miles being stubborn when you're out there and not wanting to quit, I think is the biggest key. What's um, so. for you, John, was there a moment where you get kind of started and you do a couple of, of, of trail races and ultra races. What was that moment for you where it went from, I'm okay at this to I'm pretty good at this? Well, that's a good question. Uh, I'm not really sure that I recognized it probably when it happened. Mm -hmm. um, but I think for me, it might've been, I had done a 24 hour race uh, my first one and uh, Doc Lovey, who's the at the time and still is, I believe, the head of the U.S. medical 24 hour team. Um, he was at the race. <clears throat> I did pretty well and stopped a couple hours early even. And he told me I should give a shot at trying to make the national team. And then I thought, wow, wow, that's kind of cool. And I didn't know what it was. I'd never heard of it at the time or even that there was such a thing. Yeah. And I think that was like, well, if, you know, if this guy believes in me and he's been around it, then, you know, maybe I have a chance. And, and I guess that was kind of the first, you know, glimpse that maybe I could do okay at it. So that's, I think that's kind of when it turned on for me, though. I don't know that I recognized it fully when it actually happened. Is that one of those things where, you know, like for some people, like it probably hits them. And I, I've interviewed people where, you know, race number one, the very first ultra they won, you know, even though they had a horrible time, you know, like, right. like they had to walk the last four miles, but they still won right. by an hour. You know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> imagine that life, right? Imagine like being uh, so far ahead. I, I know. Yeah. Right. I, I, and you kind of had to, to, to make some mistakes and, and learn yeah. some things. And what was, a big lesson you learned, you think, that helped you make that transition from a middle-of-the-pack guy who's going out on the weekends to, you know, someone who's seen some success and, you know, with uh, the endorsement of someone saying, like, hey, try to get on the 24-hour team. Was there a, yeah. a change in training or what was it that kind of helped you get over that that jump? Uh, I, I think it was just a, a – cumulative build you know i had i i i guess i have never been really afraid to jump in and do stuff even if i'm not really particularly ready for them right or wrong you know i mean despite results i just didn't really care i would just kind of do it for fun and uh, even doing my first hundred in my first year of running wasn't in that that fall i just i wasn't afraid to go for it and the results may not have looked great but i i think you know i stayed dedicated to training i 
for me, I'm a big believer in preparation and putting in miles and working really hard all the time, you know, and being smart and disciplined. And I think it just took it a few years to, to um, work, you know, it just took time. And, and I was willing to do that. I was having a lot of fun. And I, I really think it's just putting in uh, consistent time. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, it took three or four years or whatever it was to click. And when uh, Doc Lovey told me he thought I had a chance to win the national championship at 24 hour and then I should try it. I, I at first blew it off. Like, you know what? I'm never doing another 24 again. That was terrible <laughs> uh, running circles and, you know, and I still trained for trail running. I was a huge trail runner back then. And um, I thought, you know, I would give it a try as it got, I think I ran a hundred miler on trail five weeks before the national championship. And after that race was over, I thought, well, I'm in decent shape. Let's just go see how it goes. And and it went pretty well for me. So the rest, I guess, is kind of history. But let's give that yeah, history, John. Let's let, let's the, how did that uh, how did the national championship uh, 24 hour go for you? For those that are not John Cash right. super fans and may sure, have sure. missed that one. Yeah. What what happened? <laughs> so my wife probably is the only one who knows the John Cash history. But <laughs> for everyone else in the world. Um, yeah, I. You know, I did win that race. I was fortunate enough to win when I went down there. Um, and like I said, I think it was just all preparation. I think a lot of the the bigger name guys at the time just had rough races, and I, I stayed consistent and was able to pull through. Greg Armstrong was there as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's a good buddy of mine, and we chat a lot. And, and working with him, you know, while we're competing was really good for both of us. We went one to that race. So that um, I think that helped me. Um, so yeah, that was, I, I won that race and I did make the team cause it's an auto qualifier. If you mm-hmm. hit the mark, which I did. Um, and unfortunately that first year, the world champs was canceled at the last minute. So I did not get to represent the team that year. Um, but I've gone on since then and made it another time and, and was able to represent us at the 24 hour racing. So, um, just that and a, a smattering of other ultras, whether it's <laughs> ball state or a hundred miler or you know, whatever. I dabbled with marathon and in there after world champs, I took a break. I, Howard Nippert's my coach. I don't know, you know, him, Mm -hmm. he's the head of the U S 24 hour Nash team and a accomplished runner in his own right, you know, far better than I, I am, but, um, he was my coach at the time and we decided to step back and work on some speed and that sort of thing. So we did some marathon training and that's when I ran my first marathon and and then back into ultras after that. And I've kind of quit running a couple of times in the meantime, you know, and then I always come back. So it's a weird story that I have. Wait, you, you represented the United States at the world 24 hour championships before you ran your first marathon. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. <laughs> I know that's bizarre. It's bizarre to say it's bizarre to to comprehend, but that is true. I, you know, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I took a weird, weird way to get to the marathon. I'm sure. <laughs> Have you done a 10 K yet, John? Do you want to go ahead and do the 10 K now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe next week and I'll tackle a 10 K. I'm working on that. Well, those are hard. <laughs> Here's the real question, John. Mm-hmm. You get some really sweet kit for being on team USA. You know, you, you get the, the shorts, yeah. the the nice uh, singlet and all that. Did you wear yeah. the Team USA outfit to the marathon or did you not want to, you know? I I did wear the singlet. I did wear the singlet because that was still fresh. And and uh, Roy Purring, I don't know if you know him. He mm. was there and, you know, a huge legend in ultra running. Yeah. And, and I knew he was going to be there. So I did wear it there and chatted with him a bit. So. Um, I did wear the singlet, but I, honestly, I don't think I've worn it since then in competition. <laughs> I don't know. I just have it hanging in the closet. But yeah, definitely. I'm really happy and proud of that and, and just grateful to have that, you know, have had that opportunity. So, John, you do know that road runners are incredibly competitive. You know, ultra runners and trail runners are competitive, but road runners take competitiveness to a whole new level so there you you show up Correct. and you've got a team usa singlet on and there was probably a whole lot of people that race going i'm taking this bastard down we got an olympian yeah. on they probably thought you were an olympian or something You're like who is this guy what who is yeah, this olympian 
it probably wasn't one of my, you know, more brilliant moves that I've done to put a target on my back right before the race even started. But, but I was proud of it. So, you know, whatever. I, it wasn't a super big city marathon. It was the Milwaukee um, marathon. I think there's maybe 3,800 people. So, yeah, it, it wasn't super big, but yeah, it was, there's plenty enough fast guys there. It was fun. You do know, though, John, that someone that ran that race and, and, and finished before you, someone to this day still tells people at work all the time, like, I don't know if you know this or not, but I, I ran pretty well at the Milwaukee Marathon. I beat, right. I beat a Team USA guy. Right. Yeah, it doesn't come with a designation that it's 24-hour racing. It's a completely different sport, right? <laughs> it could have been race walking, Ryan. I don't know. It's probably like, I didn't think Galen Rupp was that old. I, he had gray hair. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't look the same as he does in, on TV as in real life. Right. Boy, that TV de-ages you. It adds 10 pounds and it makes you look 10 years older. Right. <laughs> Probably closer to 20 if we're being honest. Well, you know, you look good. You have, it's good, clean living, John. That's that's, that's what right. it is. Um, <laughs> so let's kind of talk about the genesis of this R- Route 66 run across uh, Missouri. When When did the idea pop into your head first? Oh, shoot. I would say a couple of years ago, um, I had considered it uh, really, especially after Ball State. That I don't know. I know you know some folks who run it, mm-hmm. and it just kind of gets in your blood a little bit being on the open road. As crazy as it sounds, it, you, it's something that consumes your thoughts a lot. And, you know, having lived in Missouri my whole life, and I've been a car fanatic forever since I've been a teenager, and uh, the highway's always been on my mind. It's the mother road, you know, mm-hmm. so... I always thought it'd be cool to, to see it on foot as I became a runner and, you know, realizing that I was capable, I thought it'd be really cool to, to see some of the old stuff. I'd really love to complete the whole thing, you know, and maybe one day life will allow, but you know, for right now, I had the opportunity with COVID. I've got a little bit of time off work. I get furlough days, things like that. And I was able to string together, you know, five days to do it. So it kind of worked out. So, um, really it's, yeah, it's just, I'm an old car, car nut and I like the highway and now combining the two things together just kind of made sense for me. Okay. At any point during the four days and 15 hours, was that song stuck in your head at any point where you're like, Oh, get out of my head. (laughs) (laughs) I, you know, it was not, I think (laughs) mainly because there was so much other stuff happening around me. Uh, it, it was kind of dangerous pushing a, the jogging stroller because there's not a lot of shoulder. And, and honestly, a lot of the highway was a lot more busy than I thought. So it was kind of dangerous. I had to real, I was in the ditch a lot. So, um, I honestly, what didn't even listen to music past the first, uh, half, the, the, the first half of the first day, I didn't even have headphones on. It was just, it was just too much, uh, traffic and, and too little shoulder. So I didn't really think about a whole lot, but staying alive, kind of, <laughs> as weird as that sounds. <laughs> wow. So did, did you, where'd you get the baby stroll? Let's start right at the beginning. Before we get into okay. the blow-by-blows of your journey, you right. decided you're taking everything with you. This is you know, going to be just you and the open road. And to do that, you needed a baby jogging stroller. Uh, how'd you land that? But do you have a, I don't I think I didn't see on Facebook that there's a baby in the cash house, but how'd you get there? There's not. Uh, my buddy Dave introduced me to Bob. That's, that's his name. This jogging stroller's name is Bob. Um, he had that from some of his journey runs and, you know, having looked at the route, I knew there were a couple of longer sections mm-hmm. in there that might require more than just a pack. Um, so I run with the dude all the time. It was just easy to say, hey, buddy, you know, maybe I'll take Bob out for a trip. So, yeah, uh, I was just a friend of mine. David Stores uh, loaned me his jogging trail. He had used it to cover the mm-hmm. Katy Trail, which is a long rail to trail in Missouri, approximately 237 miles long. And I thought that would be a good idea. Hindsight's 2020. It was a terrible <laughs> idea. I would not recommend it. I will not use it again on the highways. <laughs> Unless you can guarantee that there are shoulders, maybe, but uh, it, it did not. 
it was not conducive to to safe running. For sure. <laughs> you loaded this thing down with all your gear, and I saw the picture of all the gear you put into it. Let's let's yeah. start let's start from the beginning, John. So mm-hmm. you started on the Kansas side, correct? You went from Kansas to Illinois. Correct. Okay, so yeah. there you are. You're 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 crossing over day one. How did day one of your epic adventure go? Yeah, it was good. I I thought it was good. I had a couple of friends even pop out along the route to cheer me on and and say hi and all that sort of thing, which was really cool. Weather was okay. It did rain a little bit later on, but it was fine. Um, I I didn't know what I was getting into because the first day was like always the best day. I logged the most miles because I needed to get to a certain town to sleep in a hotel was my goal. Yeah, But it, it went fine. You know, everything was good. Just like the beginning of all adventures everything is great the first day and then reality kind of kicks you in the nuts a little <laughs> later on but you know it it, was, it went really well i i enjoyed the first day immensely it was fine so what was first day did you experience any of the holy shit the uh, the, the stroller was a bad idea moments or did that come in day two yeah, that kind of came a little bit later on. Later into the first day into the night when traffic was letting up, there there wasn't a whole lot of shoulder, but that wasn't much of an issue because traffic was low. Mm-hmm. Later on, the rest of the run, it, yeah, it was a real problem. But the first day was, was really good, and I enjoyed it. The other problem I think that might have contributed is it was Memorial Day, you know, that weekend, so it's obviously a busy traffic day. And I think that might have made things a lot worse than they – we're normally, <laughs> but, but no, the first day was great. Um, rolling into town into Springfield, Missouri was the first stop. And that's a little over 80 miles in, um, where I was planning on taking a, a stop for a hotel. I tried to plan it out to actually sleep in hotels and shower. You know, I wasn't doing the whole Vol state living like a homeless person or anything like that, unless I needed to, you know, if I got caught out somewhere, but no, my, kind of what I planned actually happened. And that was really nice to, to get a shower and sleep in an actual a bed. So happy about that. John, let's take a moment and just realize that you chose the busiest travel weekend of the yeah. year to go on a busy, iconic road for an FKT. Yeah. What, when did that hit you that maybe timing was a little off? Was it, was it part yeah. halfway through day two? Uh, yeah, well, we kind of knew it going into it, but I'm just stubborn and, and, (laughs) you know, like whatever's whatever I'll deal with it. And yeah, I don't know. It just worked out with my schedule that I had enough time to do it. So I just went for it. Like I said, I jump into stuff oftentimes not thinking clearly and I learned the hard way a lot. So (laughs) no, it, it I think it was okay, but there were a couple of dangerous moments where I really thought maybe I shouldn't have, I should have at least not had the stroller out there and maybe a a pack I could have made work probably, but it would have been, life would have been a little more difficult. It was nice having cold drinks along the route because I had a a small cooler in there and I I think I would have missed that. (laughs) I really enjoy a cold soda or a cold milk during the run. (laughs) I hear you having that lukewarm water that's been that's been oh. you know your chest has been radiating yeah. on that water it's you yeah. know it's like 90 degrees and the waters are oh it's that it's like it's right. like oh it's like yeah it's 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 disgusting so it's so, not great no not not at all not recommended so day two you get that hotel in Springfield you get a good night's sleep you get you know a, a good shower in and you're ready to go on day two how did day two go for you uh that was different um it started off with thunderstorms when i got into town it was raining on me that night but it was a not a too bad of a rain the morning time though was a different story a lot of storming a lot of raining heavy rains you know the kind that make gutters and and streets become you know creek beds almost and uh springfield's a pretty big city i think i ran through that town for about 13 miles and i was splashed the entire time by cars there was no shoulder sidewalk so i was basically in the gutter um being splashed by cars so that was a whole lot of fun um kind of embarrassing but after a while you just like you get used to it so but you know i don't know if you've ever been on a road running when it's really rained and there's giant puddles out in the road and a car splashes you 
but that was a lot of miles of that. I was glad to be out of town. <laughs> yeah, that was tough. That was a tough part of the run. But, you know, I, I wasn't overheating. I was trying to find the positive. It wasn't hot, blazing sun. So I was thankful that things were cool and it just makes running a lot easier, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. That's what I was trying to envision while I was doing it. <laughs> So yeah. you make it out of Springfield, you're getting splashed by cars, and I'm sure it was right. probably the tenth or twelfth splash where you're like, okay, the benefit is I'm, I'm I mean, I'm cool. I, I can't cool. get any more wet at this point. I'm as wet as I'm yeah. possibly gonna get. I mean, it was really, really raining hard, and you know the puddles. I just didn't notice them anyways. So <laughs> I think it was just the effect seemed more disturbing than the actuality of it. I don't know. But I got, yeah, I just kind of got over it in a hurry. Or, you know, you just have to. It's just like anything. It's your new reality, and you just kind of adjust yourself. So, so. you get out of that Springfield, John. You know, Springfield's behind you. You're, you're now hitting that open road again. Did the rain let yeah. up at any time in day two, or was it pretty much it a did. sloppy mess the whole day? No, it let up later on. Sun came out. It, it actually felt really good. Um, the rest of the run, aside from just being dangerous with no shoulders, was fine. Um, and I think basically until the last day part way through the last day it was kind of um just jumping off into the ditch avoiding cars as much as i possibly could you know i was just it really was kind of dangerous a danger to myself and the in the traffic and i i felt pretty bad about that so i was mindful to always be watching get off the road if a car came it was hard to make any time um Thankfully, I was only running approximately 60 to 65 miles a day in the middle to hit the towns where the hotels were. Mm -hmm. So I had plenty of time to do it and still get a good night's sleep. Um, but yeah, it was a whole lot of in and out of the ditch and I, I just couldn't get to a rhythm running and that was kind of a bummer. But, you know, I was just being safe. It was still a fun adventure. I saw a lot of cool stuff in the, in the meantime. What were some of the cool things you saw, John? Um, just, you know... I was surprised there's just a lot of old buildings that are just completely um, deserted, which I thought was really cool just to see kind of Mother Nature take over. Um, that was interesting, like people just up and left and left things there and um, pretty wild, just a lot of old bridges. I, I enjoy seeing that kind of thing, especially when you get out away from the towns, the big cities, a lot of the old bridges, you, the iconic things that you would normally see. There was a lot of that. And I, I enjoy that stuff. I would, you know, evenings I would have a, a, a snack or a meal or whatever, you know, whether it's a, a, a bag of chips and a soda on a bridge and just enjoy the peacefulness, you know, when the car, the traffic would die down and stuff. I'd find a neat place to just sit and enjoy a meal. So I, there was a lot of that stuff, a lot of animals, you know, uh, first time I'd ever seen baby foxes in the wild. So that was pretty cool, real close. Those, they're just little tiny. They're so little. Yeah. <laughs> so cute. But, um, you know, things like that. I There was a lot of good on, on the road, too. So, was, yeah, there were some dangerous moments, but there was a lot of cool stuff, too. Okay, John, I consider Missouri to be the South. I know M Missourians may be like, oh, North, you know, you're kind of on that on that border, but I've, right. I've, I've spent some time in Missouri and I definitely sure. would consider uh, Missouri to be it was parts of Missouri, especially to be, to be the South. Yeah. And I know that jogging running is not appreciated by everybody in the United States. And I think the percentage of people that do not appreciate <laughs> joggers uh, is higher South of the Mason Dixon right. line. So, so here's this man um, not wearing much, wearing some neon, some Wiccan, and he's uh, stuff, and he's pushing a baby yeah. stroller with a cooler. You're you're uh -huh. running through rural Missouri, right? This is not the the marathon route in St. Louis where people have seen lots of runners before, or a greenway. This is the rural yeah. South. Were there any encounters with people like? the honking were you harassed was there any sort of craziness uh, a little bit not not as much as you might think but yeah i definitely had a few people you know stop and have a chat about maybe how dangerous it was and i was crazy and what in the world are you doing out here you know you're going to get hit by a car i don't understand this but or or concern that i had an actual baby in the stroller you know, they may not <laughs> see it 
Um, you know, I think I, it rained on me every day, at least for portions of the day. And I, I had a couple of women ask me if I needed a ride. And they're like, oh, my gosh, I thought you had a baby in there. <laughs> Um, so there was some of that, um, you know, I don't know. A lot of people did stop and look just to see if I had a baby in there and then they would drive off. There was some honking, some yelling. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> there was some of that. It was, it was a little bit of fun, but you know what? I, I, I also doing this thing, wanted to, it's COVID and we're all, you know, we've been cooped up a lot. Right, right. And, and I did want to see more of Missouri on foot and have interactions with people, even if at a distance or just being in different towns. I don't know. I, I really like stuff like that. And I, I guess I really wanted to see and, and maybe hopefully meet some people safely, you know, I, and I, and I did some, it wasn't always good, but you know, I'm pretty disarming and, and I understand that what I was doing was dangerous, especially as I got into it and realized how dangerous it truly was. And, and I think it, everything went fine. There were no real confrontations that escalated or anything like that. And people, I think you're just, were just curious, you know, like what in the world are you doing out here? They, they don't see things like that. So, you know, it was some good stuff, but, but mostly the, you know, folks just, I was surprised not that many folks actually paid attention or you're even asked, you know, whether it's at a gas station or whatever, everybody's just doing life, I guess. So, so I, I thought there would be more of that, more conversation, but it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. It you, wasn't bad. You do know, John, that there were people that were traveling on route 66 for Memorial day and where they got, when they got <laughs> to where they were planning on going grandma's house, whomever they said, we saw the strangest thing while we were driving here. There was yeah. this, this skinny man pushing a baby in a stroller through a thunderstorm. Right. Yeah, that probably did, probably definitely, I, I think had it not been storming and they would have gotten rain on, they probably would have stopped me and asked what in the world was going on. Yeah, yeah, it's a little out there. They got a lot of calls to the Department of Child Services saying there's some guy pushing a baby yeah. through a thunderstorm right. on the side of a busy road. You've got to right. go save that baby. Yeah, and you know, now that you say that, I really expected to have some kind of police at some point ask me what in the world I was doing. Not one time was I stopped by a, a cop or any officers. So uh, unbelievably. So when I did ball state, yeah, flip that around, I had probably 10 or 10 or 12 encounters with cops. And I know my crew did as well, sitting on the side of the waiting for me. So it was a lot different. And, you know, I, I don't know it to me, Missouri and Tennessee, the run seemed almost exactly the same. The roads yeah. are the same the hills are basically the same the trains the same the trees are the same people are the same it was really a similar experience which you know i i liked it i enjoyed both so it was good but yeah i had a lot more officers stop me at ball state so that was interesting and and not a single one in missouri so well, maybe they were too busy with holiday traffic. I'm not sure. That could be it. Yeah, it could have been that. You know, something that ultra runners will get asked all the time, especially if you've got a 100-mile buckle or you know you finish 100 and you go back to work, you'll hear that constantly like, 100 miles? I don't even like yeah. to drive that far. Uh, did you get a yeah. standard response when you were running Vol State for the police when they would pull you over and go, what in the hell are you doing, boy? Yeah, I think, yeah, they just wanted to know what in the world I was doing. And, and once I told them, they would actually get online and kind of check things out. And I might even see a couple of them down the road saying, hey, we saw it on the website. That's, you know, that's insane or that's really cool or whatever. So, yeah, they didn't realize that sort of thing happened. That was kind of neat, but not, nothing like that in Missouri on my solo adventure. <laughs> well, maybe I look too crazy pushing a stroller. I'm not sure. That but, could have been but I did realize why no one at Ball State uses a stroller. It's just way too dangerous. <laughs> so I, I should have made a note of that when I was on the ferry both of those times that no one on here has a stroller. There's probably a reason for that. <laughs> you talked earlier about Ball State gets in your blood. You know, that mm. that those days out on the open road. And it sounds like this is something as well. I've talked to people that have had FKTs on trails and, you know, they, they see a couple of hikers or whatever. And this really has the spirit of what Laz calls the journey run and, and really mm -hmm. the, the, the things that he would do that inspired 
Vol State was just deciding I'm going to run from you know across the state of Tennessee over this week because yeah. I can and I and I want to and um, it, it just kind of he talks about it with such fondness about these journey runs. Mm-hmm. What what is the experience that you get doing something like Vol State, doing something like an FKT on Route 66 where it's just you and the open road? That is different than the experience you get at a race in the woods. What, 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 what can you take away that's different from your experiences? Hmm, I, I guess, I, I don't know, for me... You know, when my wife drove me down to Kansas and dropped me off on the state line and and just knowing that I have to support myself for multiple days. And I suppose the same could be said if you did a multi-day on a trail, you know, if you do the JMT or obviously the Appalachian Trail or something like that is probably a similar experience. I haven't done any of those. Um, but But for me, it was like, you know, I guess it's more a basic human thing. Like I just, I really care about water and food and where I'm going to sleep tonight. And I don't really think about anything else hardly. I mean, I might have conversations with people or my wife or some friends along the route on the phone, but, but I, I guess it's nice to disconnect from the world a little bit and, and just kind of be out there living in the moment. And, you know, you know how it is when you're doing something that's really difficult, that water you get, that ice water is the best ice water you've ever had in your life or the best soda you've ever drank or, you know, whatever it is, if it's a, a you know, a candy bar or an ice cream cone or whatever, it's always the best. And I don't know, I, I like, I like that feeling of putting myself out there a little bit and take the risk and, and see if I can make it and, and just really doing it on your own. I, I don't I, I like being crude and I like going fast sometimes. And then sometimes I want to see what I can do on my own. If it's a long race or, or this type of journey run or whatever it is. I don't know. I, I like that sort of thing. It, it makes me, I don't know. It makes me feel alive. You know, I live a normal life, if you will. Yeah. It, I don't know. It's just, this, it feels so safe and secure, you know? Yeah. And being out there, you really are like, okay, I need to find a gas station. I need to find a place to get food. I need a refill. It could be 50 miles down the road or 30, or you don't even know, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, unless you're really looking on your phone or whatever it is. I don't know. I, I thought that was really cool to just support myself in some endeavors. It just stretches me out a little bit and gets me out of my comfort zone. Um, and, I, and I just need that. I need a little bit of struggle in my life, I guess, <laughs> once in a while. That's what my wife tells me. She's like, if I start getting too comfortable, I need to struggle a little bit. I need to feel some, you know, some strife or whatever. So I think it was just that for me. I, I don't know. I like that sort of thing once in a while. So it seems like you, you, there is this living, you know, like we all have our day to day routines and you're talking about that, the normal life that we have. Of, you go to our jobs and, you know, we come home and the wife is there or the kids are there and right. you have dinner and all that stuff. But it seems like. These these long journey runs, you know, something like a Vol State, which is more of an organized journey run, but this this FKT sure. on Route sixty six, it's a, it's a more primal state of being because there's not like I can't go upstairs and watch the television and all the comforts have been stripped away and all the the technology has been stripped away and you kind of almost did you go kind of into like a primal mental state in a way? Do you think? <sighs> I, I maybe I don't know I, I feel more alive or something I don't know I, I maybe that's what it is I'm not really sure I, I I feel really alive and I feel good when I'm doing it even if it's hard and it hurts I don't know I I really enjoy that sort of thing you know just like I said thinking about going into the McDonald's mm-hmm. or whatever in the world it might be you know uh, getting getting an ice cream cone or something like that I just I, I really like moments like that when things are really hard and then I, I persevere and it, it feels really good to have, I don't know, achieve that, especially if it's on your own two feet. I feel it's a journey worth taking sometimes, you know, to experience that. And, and like I said, it's, it's for this thing, there was a lot of good, you know, I got to see route 66. I'm a car guy from a long time ago. So it was a nice blend. And, and I do like trying to meet people out on the open road, even if it's, you know, I do hours solo and I get five minutes with somebody that I'll probably never see again. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I, I like, you know, it being in a different place and it almost feels like a different culture sort of. It's a, a little different. The same went when I did Vol State, you know, meeting people. And I, 
you know, a, a funny story at Vol State at around mile 200, I changed a car tire for a couple that had broken down in the middle of the night. My crew was waiting for me down the road and expecting me at a certain amount of time. And I was, you know, 20 minutes late or whatever, but I rolled up on an, an, an older couple, both a little inebriated, unsure how to even use a jack. And, and I changed a, a car tire for them in the middle of the night. I mean, I rolled up with a headlamp on and shorty shorts, you know, and, and the American flag on my shorts, nothing else, you know, and didn't even phase them. They didn't even ask what in the world I was doing. No joke. And, uh, but, but we were chatting about changing the car tire and what they had been doing or whatever. I don't know. I, I, I thought it was funny. I had met my crew later on and they're like, where in the world did you take a nap or what happened? And, I was like, no, I changed a car tire back there for this couple. They were did, the guy I rolled up out of the dark with my headlamp beaming on him and he's holding his jack and he's like, do you know how to use this? And I was like, do I know how to use a car jack? And I was like, yeah, sure. He's like, you couldn't figure it out. But, you know, he, he was he had had a few too many. And, you know, I was more than happy to take a break and help him out. It was kind of fun. See, those are the experiences I like. That's the good, that's the good stuff, right? <laughs> that, John, I OK, judges. Um, yes. OK, we're going to go ahead and give John the nicest man in the world award for stopping 200 miles in Vol State to yeah. help a couple of drunks change a car tire on the side of the road. <laughs> well, and also. So I told Matt and my wife later on, I was like, you know, maybe I shouldn't have gotten their car going because then they jumped back in the car and took off. <laughs> right, you know? right. And they should not have been driving. So, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> I wasn't thinking clearly at mile 200, obviously. <laughs> We're going to forgive you for that. No one okay. judged John for, 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 for doing that at all. I just for think bad decisions at 200. Right, exactly. Bad decisions at 200. I love that. But I love the fact that they didn't blink. Some, some skinny dude in short shorts and a headlamp pops out of nowhere and it didn't phase him. Didn't even ask me what I was doing. It's like I was a little car tire changing genie out of darkness. <laughs> They've, John, they probably woke up the next morning having no idea how their tire got changed. Yeah, it was a dream. It was all a dream. Man, I'll tell you what. This skinny genie, this skinny tire genie came out of nowhere, done changed my tire. It was the strangest dream I've ever had. Yeah, you know what? No one's ever believed that story when they tell it, probably. Oh, there's Rex and Barbie talking about the tire fairy again. <laughs> Uh-huh, sure. I'm sure it happened. Yeah. Right. So no, it was all good. Yeah. So finishing uh an FKT, you see that finish uh -huh. line in sight, and you and you know that the state line is coming. You you're going through St. Louis, which is, is, yeah. a, is a madhouse to begin with right. anyway. Yeah, right now. I mean, I got lucky, you know, I'm a week a week ahead of time, you know, if I had been doing it this week and it, you know, it might be more dangerous. I went through North St. Louis and it, it is, a, you know, more dangerous neighborhoods. And we did get shot at with Roman candles. So that was kind of a fun. What? <laughs> yeah. Um, there were uh, some kids in a, in a car rolling down the street. We're maybe five miles from the finish. And, uh, and you know, it's Memorial weekend. So there are fireworks going off. People yeah. are celebrating all over the place. There's music playing and it, it's just a lot of fun out there. Um, kids just having fun and, they turned the corner onto our block and I actually had a couple buddies running with me through the city the last 30 miles or yeah. so. And we could see out the both back windows, um, Roman candles shooting out. And we thought, Oh my gosh, <laughs> um, my buddy Taylor, he's like, turn your back to him. You know, it's better your ass than your face. And I'm like, okay, that sounds like words to live by. So we kind of, you know, just turned our back to them, and and I we got lucky. I think they ran out of shots right before they got to us. So we we hurt, hustled along, and got out of the neighborhood as quickly as we could. Um, Better the ass so, in the face. <laughs> yeah, where'd you live by Ryan? That's what Taylor tells me. So I don't know if it's true. Or not. I, well. <laughs> In that moment, it seemed the right thing to do, but right. yeah, no, we got through there unscathed, so it was fine. And then but we've all had Roman candle fights as kids, so oh, we sure, 
Right. We didn't feel real threatened or anything, but we thought, oh my gosh, you know, <laughs> we're lit up. It's the it's like eleven thirty at night or eleven o'clock or whatever. We've got lights on. We've got neon vests. I mean, we look like targets. <laughs> this is they're probably just like, yes, this is awesome. We're gonna light these guys up. So when you think about this, John, there are so uh-huh. many people in in the area you know missouri and surrounding areas that were on that road and path so many people have stories because of your fkt <laughs> things that family don't believe stories that they tell uh you know their neighbors like we saw these weirdos and vests and we shot roman candles at them like you're, you're a part of so many stories of people that you do not know uh, that's probably true hey hey i'm glad to help whatever <laughs> whatever has a good story i'm glad to be a part of it so, <laughs> no, so you, you do this john you get the fkt you know we're still kind of i know there's some races that are that are happening again which is nice it's good to see races uh-huh. opening up and and some races are doing some things and hopefully showing us what the new normal will be but right what, what do you want to do now what's what's on your on your mind that you've done this and conquered this challenge what are you thinking uh, actually, I think sometime this month, I'm going to, um, take on the Katy trail, that local rail trail. That's fairly popular in Missouri. I'm going to take a stab at the FKT on that. Um, just cause it's in my backyard. It's literally maybe four miles away from my house. Uh, probably do that for funds while all this COVID stuff is going on. But I, you know, while this has happened, I've enjoyed jumping in on a lot of virtual races, which I've never done before. Yeah. You know, I did the virtual backyard thing that uh, i know you had michael wardian on i yep. i jumped in on that uh and another one actually was some uh, friends down in joplin put one on i jumped in on that one and i don't know i'm, I'm just having fun i'm gonna do the katie probably and uh, honestly i'd like to try a multi-day you know an actual organized event you know like maybe a six-day race would be interesting i seem to be pretty durable you know, knock on wood, I've pulled up over long periods. Nothing really breaks down on me and I don't mind moving when I'm tired, you know, and just, it may not be fast, but I can continue to seemingly somehow move. So I, I think I'd like to try a six day at some point, or at least maybe a 72 hour, yeah. just something I haven't really done before. Um, so, you know, I don't know, something like that maybe in the future, maybe this year, since I'm running a whole bunch. Six days under the dome. I think if that happens. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've talked to Joe a little bit. He's reached out. If it happens, I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I'm skeptical that it will, but yeah, I, I think that would be fun. If not, maybe across the years or something like that. Yeah. Something very cool. John. It, what an amazing adventure. And just even the stories of Vol state. And I think what we, we don't get on those trail races, uh, when we're out in the middle of nowhere, we don't we don't kind of get yeah. those interactions. Yeah. Like there's there's things that you're going to experience, you know, running down yeah. Route 66 and doing Vol State that yeah. you will never experience in any other race because no. you're taken out of uh, yeah. basically those those trail races. You're taken out of society that no one's going to interact with. Correct. Yeah, people are fun. I mean, I, I've had there's just there's a lot of weird stuff out there, a lot of crazy stuff. I, I love it. I, I would like to run across the U.S. I mean, if it were possible and I had the time, I would do it. I think just meeting new people and, and having all these experiences, I can't imagine what that must be like to run across the U.S., all the stories. It's just a really cool feeling. And I think once you get in the groove, you can kind of just keep doing it. It's it's the first day or two doing these sorts of things is, is a little rough as your body adjusts to it. But after the third, fourth day, it seems like, it's happened to me at least and, and you would ad- adapt it just becomes like new normal and and it's not so bad you, mm. your day is i i enjoyed my whole process when i would get to a hotel where i would clean my gear you know because it rained a little bit every day so i dry everything out and i had a little process and i actually enjoyed the whole all of that you know i, I had fun with that at night and i'd sleep six hours a night it's oh, not wow. like i was you know, I didn't really kill myself doing this thing. I didn't didn't want to do that. You know, I, I wanted to have a journey, a good experience, and I wanted to sleep and if I could and and tackle it like that. And honestly, when I got to the end of it, I it was a little bittersweet. I didn't want it to be over. I wanted to continue to run some more the next days. Yeah. You know, I had to go to work, but the next day. So I, I had to wrap it up. But still, yeah. 
it, I don't know. It's always nice to complete a task when you set out that feels really good. And especially if it's something meaningful to you. So I did like that, but I also at the same time kind of missed it. And it's the same thing I had when I completed Vol State. It just, you think it consumes your thoughts for a little while. You're, it's in your blood. I, you know, when I first did the, the Vol State, I, it was the same thing. I thought for two weeks I could almost not think of anything else than, than that race and, and all the things that I had done and, and that I had seen. And it was kind of similar with this. I'm still processing a lot of that. I don't know. I encourage everybody to go out and do some kind of journey run, even if it's, you know, across your county or, or from one town to another, just to, to meet people and, and use a gas station as an aid station. Mm-hmm. I think that's cool. You know? Yeah. I think that's just a really good feeling and it's just something neat to do to cover these kinds of distances that are relatable. I don't know to me, you know, that makes sense. Going out on a trail is really cool. And I love that stuff too. And I, I like everything. But I also think there's a really neat side to traveling amongst, you know, communities or down roadways, you know, to get that experience and meet new people. And I don't know, we're used to driving them, but when you cover them on your foot, it just feels like you really made an accomplishment. I don't know. It's just how I feel at least. So no, I hear I you. Encourage you. Yeah, that. I hear you. That's that's. It, it, you do see it differently when you when you do something on foot or even like on a bike. You know, when you're not driving sure. something, you, you see a mm-hmm. whole lot of things. Like you'll see houses that you've never seen didn't. before, and you're like, "Well, that's a neat house." And you yeah. just see things. I you didn't just... realize that house was there. I didn't realize this was a hill. Right, <laughs> right, 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 for sure. And I'm like, "Wow, this is a son of a bitch." <laughs> <laughs> this isn't bad in the car, but this start this sucks on your feet. That's for sure. Yeah, you're driving there. You're like, "Oh, this isn't going to be too bad. It's going to be pretty flat." through here and then you get there and you're like nope no this is way more difficult than i thought it would be <laughs> so i yeah. think I, I i just had a uh, an epiphany john a great yeah. idea for you to run across the united states while still having a job you're gonna oh. need to you're gonna need to to get to get uh get the stroller out but then you're gonna have to like you're gonna have to be one of those workers that works remotely, and then we'll 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 get you a tech shirt that looks like a suit, right? So you're wearing it, and it looks like you're wearing a suit, and then you just you know you can do those fake backgrounds on Zoom. You just you know put the computer right there on top yep. of the stroller. You know, zoom into the meeting, pick a right. good background, and you're yep. you know you're running through Oklahoma. Nobody knows. Right. Nobody has to know. Right. <laughs> you know, they're like, well, I tell you what, you know, John is at work every day, but his productivity is really down. I don't think he's doing much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right. I don't know. We'll have to work on that. If we can figure it out right, I'm in. We are 100% listener supported. You can make a monthly pledge on our Patreon page. Just search The Adventure Jogger on Patreon or go to theadventurejogger.com. Join the community on Facebook and Instagram by searching The Adventure Jogger. And subscribe to The Adventure Jogger wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. 